Well, Merry Christmas, Johnson Ferry. It's so good to see you. And I want to welcome not only the folks here in the Activity Center, but say hello to all those who have gathered uh, right now in the sanctuary. We have seven different services today, and we're so grateful uh, that you have come to be with us today. And in just a few minutes, uh, we're going to do what I know is a favorite of so many of you, and that's to light our candles. And so I'll help you prepare for that in just a few minutes. But I do hope that you've had a good Christmas season. Uh, ours has been good. Not only am I a pastor, but I'm a husband. I'm a father. And so we're all geared up, waiting for tomorrow. We've done a lot of our traditions this Christmas. I hope you have too. Um, I, I did watch a Hallmark movie with my wife um, this Christmas season. I can gladly report that uh, she didn't take the big city promotion. The cookie swap was saved, and I got married in plaid. So I, you know, watched the Hallmark deal. Um, Anybody still needs shopping? Anybody still got a shop? Anybody? A couple of my people? Yeah, I love you. So glad you're here. Um, you got a couple hours. It's great. But it's, it's been a great Christmas season, not just in our family at Johnson Ferry. and so many great things this holiday season, and we love that you're here. I know that on a day like Christmas Eve, we get lots of our normal folks here, which we love, but also we have the great pleasure of a lot of people from our community or maybe out of town who come to be with us. And you may not even be like a church person. This may be not your norm. And we want this to be a great experience for you as well. And I would love to hear from you, maybe just to get to know who's in the room. So I want to do a little audience participation both here and in the sanctuary. So whatever room you're in, I'd love for you to shout out the answers. No right or wrong answer here, but let's just play a little game of this or that. So just let me hear from you. Like, for instance, which would you rather do? Would you rather have hot chocolate or hot cider? What's the answer? Okay. Yeah, cider, clearly the answer. All right, so how about this one? Here's debate, white light, colored lights. What do you think? Man, you guys are passionate. This is good. This is good. All right, uh, next one. Ooh, real tree or artificial tree? Yeah, yeah. I, I'll be honest, like a couple years ago, I would have been real tree, but, but uh, I got converted like three years ago. We've had an artificial tree and I'm, I'm all in. I love, I love artificial trees. All right, so number, how about this? With your tree, star or angel? Okay, lots, seems like lots of stars. All right, now it's just an odd one, but how about this? Would you rather live in a snow globe or a gingerbread house. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah you, can, you can eat yourself out of a gingerbread house, so that would be awesome. All right, now, this last one I'm gonna ask you, and you don't need to answer this one out loud. I do want you to come with an answer to it, but you don't have to say it out loud. I'm just curious your answer to this one. Would you rather give a gift or receive a gift? Oh, oh, oh. See, this, this is the debate, because you're like, do I lie in church? Like, I know the real answer. Well, this, this season at Johnson Fair, we've been in a message series where we have talked about giving gifts. In fact, over the last three Sundays, we've looked at the Magi and the three gifts that they gave to Jesus, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we've talked about the, the gifts that we give to God with our lives and our treasures and, and all that. But today, I want to talk to you not about the gifts that you are to give, but the gifts that have been given to you. And what, is it, what do we mean by that? Now, I know you're thinking, okay, church, look, I know where you're going with this. Jesus is the reason for the season. We say that kind of thing, but what does that actually mean? And did you know that there are actually gifts that God has given to you? 
I would love to reflect on that with you for just a few minutes, and then we're going to get to the candles, and I want to share what I think is going to be a powerful story for you today. But I want to talk about three different gifts, and I'm going to do what I do every Sunday, which is I'm going to read a passage from the Bible. This is a very short passage, and I think it's a wonderful summary of the Christmas message. It's found in a New Testament book called Galatians. If you didn't bring a Bible, that's totally fine. We're going to have it on the screen for you. Um, I know on a day like today, it's not kind of like a normal Sunday. But I do want to read this text for you because I do think it's a, it's a great summary in Galatians chapter 4. It's almost like a Cliff Notes version of Christmas. Anybody remember Cliff Notes? Yeah, me and Cliff were real tight in high school. I remember Cliff very well. This is like a Cliff Notes version of the Christmas story. And yet there's no mention of a manger or wise men or angels. And yet this is the essence of the Christmas story, and it tells you gifts that through Jesus, God wants to give to every single person here today. It's our tradition that we read the Word of God, we stand. So if you're physically able in both rooms, would you do that right now? I'd love to read this for you. Galatians chapter 4, three or four verses here, verses 4 through 7. This is... Um, the Apostle Paul writing about Christmas in a way. Verse 4. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. Because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Father, as we study this passage and reflect on it for a few minutes, God, would you teach us what it is that you want to give us through Jesus? And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. This passage has a lot of depth to it, way more than we have time to give it today. But maybe a few introductory comments, and then I'm going to tell you about these gifts. He, he says, when the fullness of time came, the word for fullness there is the same word picture as a piece of fruit that's ready to be picked. And he says, at just the right time, God sent his son. Did you know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem at the perfect time? We're not told exactly why God picked that exact time. There are a lot of cultural and historical things were happening that might make sense to us, but we're not really ever told. But in the providence and sovereignty of God, at just the right time, God sent his son. And of course, that's what we celebrate at Christmas. The theological term for the birth of Jesus is the word incarnation. And that's the idea that the God of the universe has assumed, or let's say it this way, gotten into a earth suit. <laughs> He's become a human. And the thing about Jesus is that Jesus, in becoming human, did not cease to be God. He is the God-man. And in the fullness of time, God sent his son. Now, he makes this interesting point that he was born of a woman. Now, there's nothing spectacular about that because my hunch is that every single one of you here today was born of a woman. Did you know that? In fact, if you weren't born of a woman, I would love to meet you after the service. Just 
so I can say I met someone not born. Of, every single human being was born of a woman. And yet what he's trying to indicate is that this seemingly ordinary human born of a woman was no ordinary human. He was sent from God. He is the God man. So Christmas is much more than simply a wonderful story of a baby born in a manger with angels and wise men. No, this is God coming into the flesh to dwell amongst us. And what this text does is tells us that there are gifts given to us through Jesus in our life, three in fact. And I'd love to go over those very briefly with you today and then maybe show you an illustration of how these take hold in somebody's life. The first gift that I want you to see is the gift of forgiveness. Forgiveness. It says here in the text, so that he might, in verse 5, redeem those who are under the law. That word redeem was a word often used in, in the business world, the marketplace. And we think about the marketplace at Christmas time. Think about how much money we spend at Christmas. Uh, many people go into debt at Christmas. Credit card companies love Christmas. But he wasn't merely just using a business term. This was actually a term in the ancient world that had to do with setting slaves free. In the Roman world, particularly 2,000 years ago, there were a lot of slaves, a lot of people who were under slavery by another master. And yet you could purchase a freedom, freedom of a slave, and buy them out of slavery. And so when the Bible says that Jesus came to redeem us who are under the law, it means that Jesus came to forgive us, to buy us back. Now, that assumes something, doesn't it? It assumes that we must be slaves. Now, we don't like to think of ourselves as slaves, but the Bible actually tells us that all of us are enslaved to sin. Now, when I throw out the word sin to you, you, you probably think about some horrific thing that somebody does. And we can all think about examples in our life, in our family, in our past, of things we're just so embarrassed about. And, and that, yes, is a great example of, of sin, ways that we have known the right thing. Maybe we gave credit to God or not, but the right thing, and we did the wrong thing. We're, we are sinners. But did you know that enslavement to sin can often look like, well, it can look like chasing ambition or trying to be successful or trying to look a certain way in the eyes of others, and yet you're hollow on the inside. And I can just say as a pastor in this community that we love, I see people like that all the time, people who are chasing some kind of dream, some kind of ambition, some kind of, of achievement ladder to check some box, and yet their heart is empty. And that's because God designed you so that he is the only thing that could actually fulfill your heart. So Jesus Christ came to redeem us, which is why, yes, it's important to dwell on the manger, but we also dwell on the cross. And when you think about Jesus hanging on a cross, you think about his arms stretched wide open, expressing his love for all people so that we might come back into a relationship with him. That's God's heart for you. I think that's why some of you are here today, to hear that you can be completely forgiven and set free because of the redemption of Jesus. What a gift. So we have the gift of forgiveness, but there's another gift embedded in this text, and it's the gift of, number two, family. Now, the word family is not used, but in verse 5, he says that we might receive the 
adoption as sons and daughters. Christmas has a way of bringing out some interesting family dynamics, does it not? In fact, I'm sure even on the way here, there were some interesting family dynamics that existed. Now, you're not going to let anybody here see that. Everything's going to be, oh, we're great. Amen. Praise Jesus. Merry Christmas. You know, but in the car, we know exactly what was going down about 30 minutes ago. All right. And what it took to get here. And I don't know what your family's like, but a lot of you maybe had not so great families or maybe don't have such great families. And so the idea of, of a family of God feels strange to you. But here's the beautiful picture that is painted here. Did you know that it was an amazing thing to be adopted in the Roman world? In fact, let's, here's a little fun fact from history. Caesar Augustus, who shows up in the Christmas story, his real name was Octavian. He wasn't even meant to be Caesar because he wasn't a blood relative of Julius Caesar. Yet because his father won a war, Julius Caesar adopted him into his family and made him ruler. Talk about winning the lottery. That here is a, is a boy from a non-royal family that's made royal simply because he was adopted from a king. But can I tell you, if you know Jesus, you are royalty. You are adopted as a son or a daughter of the king. And, and he says that the proof is that you can say, Abba, Father. Now, part of you are thinking, Abba, wasn't that like a Swedish band in the 70s? No, not that Abba, a different Abba. This was a term of endearment. It's a way of calling your heavenly father, dad. So you don't have to walk around and go, you know, God is some higher power or the man upstairs. No, no, no. I can say Abba, father, because I'm his son. I'm his daughter. We have some good friends who adopted a child this last year. In fact, at Johnson Fair, we have a number of families that are or have adopted uh, children. It's been a beautiful thing to watch. And I just keep thinking, I wonder what this first Christmas is going to be like for that adopted child. With, with all the, the gifts and the, the events of the season, I'm sure it's going to be a little overwhelming. But this child was granted all the responsibilities, but also all the privileges because of them being adopted into this family. Did you know that you are an adopted son or daughter if you come to God through Jesus? So the gifts of Jesus are, yes, forgiveness, family. Let me give you the third one, favor, favor. Now, when I talk about favor, we're talking about a preference for somebody. Like you might say, I favor somebody. And the reality is that you do. I mean, you, you probably favor your kids over somebody else's kids. You probably favor your spouse over somebody else's. Let me just say, you should favor your spouse over... Another, we, we get that, right? This is kind of preferential treatment, this delight we have in certain people. And this text tells us something that's just amazing. If we come to God through Jesus, he says in verse 7, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son or, or a daughter. And if a son or a daughter, then an heir through God. Think about that. All the promises that God has promised to those who come to him, promises of eternal life and abundant life and a fulfilling life. God doesn't say it's all going to be easy, but all these promises to be set free from sin, to be set free from the bondage to sin, to be set free from this, this decaying earth with cancer and sickness and war and, and relational strife and financial issues and all the things that we walk in here with that we pretend like we're not struggling with, 
He says, if you come to me, you are an heir, and all that I have is yours. What an amazing gift that we have from God. It's forgiveness, family, and favor. One of my favorite things as a pastor, I mean, I, I, I'm going to say what I'm about to say just as a follower of Jesus, but I think as a pastor, I have a front row seat to watching God work in some, in some ways that you don't often get to see. And, and it's been awesome to see, even in this last year, the lives of people that God has changed. I mean, I've seen him take people that were, you know, uh, angry and have made them peaceful. I've seen God take people who are really selfish and make them selfless. I mean, I can think of all these illustrations of people from, from little guys all the way up to older folks who were going this way, and then they gave their life to Jesus, and God sent them in a different way. And, and I want to talk to you about the difference that Jesus makes, and not by me telling you, but I want you to hear someone tell their own story. And I want you to hear the story of Lynn. Um, Lynn came to last year's Christmas Eve service, like many of you are here today. And I don't know what your motivation is here, but he's going to share his motivation. And in fact, it just changed his life. So let's check this out together. My name's Lynn Aguilar, and a year ago, everything changed for me. I grew up in New Jersey, and my parents brought me to church, and I went through the process of, you know, I was baptized, communion, confirmation, but I never really had a true relationship with Jesus, but I just know that I was supposed to believe in God. Uh, my parents, you know, they always told me that if I want to achieve something in life, that I had to make a list, I had to work hard. I got a full scholarship to Northeastern University in Boston. I finished it at the top of my class. I was awarded a distinguished military graduate. I was given my first choice of assignment. And I thought, this is gonna be it. Um, but it really wasn't. And I uh, eventually decided to get out of the Army. And so I got out and I thought, all right, how am I going to be successful? I got a job as a financial advisor. I was going to help other people with their list of what they want to do, but I was also going to check off my own boxes, which is have financial freedom and be able to do what I want to do whenever I wanted to do it. During the time, I met a fantastic woman, Heather. We have two sons now. And uh, like every good dad, I was supposed to get involved in the kids' lives. And I went to coaching and help them out, help them become better at what they wanted to achieve, there's still something missing. So I thought maybe it's my own physical, I need to push myself physically. I decided to do Ironman. I did seven Ironmans. I finished it as an all-world athlete. You know, I thought this is the pinnacle, but I still was, wasn't happy. I was still stressed about everything because I'm now I'm trying to, you know, I was getting up early in the morning, going to work out, I was getting the kids to the bus stops. I was coaching after school. Then I turned the news on and there's nothing but death and destruction everywhere that you look at. And I really started wondering like, is this what life's all about? There's gotta be something else there. I've checked off all the boxes. My list is complete. Why am I not happy? 
Why am I still stressed about so much? What else am I supposed to do? And then one year ago today, on Christmas Eve, everything changed. We always go to church on Christmas and Easter because you're supposed to go on Christmas and Easter. I thought I was just checking off the box. And I remember sitting up in the, in the pew and looking at my family. I don't know what the pastor was saying. I didn't know the pastor's name at the time. Sorry, Clay. But I heard it. I looked at my family and it was a clear voice that said, Len, you're going in the wrong direction. You need to follow me. And you know, at first I thought like, what do you mean the wrong direction? I'm doing all the right things. I'm supposed to be doing all the right stuff. And the light turned on for me. Service ended. I grabbed a Bible from the pew and brought it home. I opened it up and started to read. You know, and I, I continued to read and then I, I filled out uh, a card and I met Lee. And we started getting together once a week for eight weeks and just talking about some scripture. It was amazing what I was reading and that the, the living Bible, I, I get it, it's talking to me. So many things that are going on in my life that's right there in the Bible. When I look back on this last year, I realize that so many things have changed. I'm not stressed. I mean, we all have life problems, but I don't walk alone. He walks with me. He walks with my family. I thanked him for allowing me to check off all those boxes that I thought was what was gonna bring me happiness. Those boxes are great. Those are blessings and gifts. I realized the gift he gave me was the gift of salvation. I can remember driving my son to guitar practice and he told me, Dad, you've changed. He told me I changed for the better. He told me I'm calmer, I'm not as stressed. I told him what I was doing and that Christ was making a difference inside of me. He was changing me. So I know there's probably a few of you out there that are just like me, who are checking off their list, coming to service today because that's what you're supposed to do. I'm here to tell you that when you look at things through the lens of Christ, everything changes. My list is completely different now. So my prayer for you today is that if you haven't accepted Jesus, that you would allow him into your life today. I did that a year ago today and everything changed for the better. It's good. Again. I love that. I love that for a lot of reasons. One, just a reminder of how God works and the lives of people. I think that's always such a powerful reminder. But number two, I, I love it because I think there's a lot of you out here today, right here in our activity center, in our sanctuary, and you're just like Lynn. Uh, maybe on the outside, people think you're successful, think you're achieving things, think you're ambitious, uh, but on the inside, you're empty. And I'm here to tell you that only Jesus can fill that hole in your heart. And Maybe the whole reason that you're here today, whether you knew it or not, 
is that you could walk from a place of darkness into a place of light and experience the salvation, the gift of salvation that only Jesus can provide. We're not doing a big come down forward or raise your hand or any that kind of stuff today, but we, we would love to help you take that step. And in this moment, if you're praying for God to forgive you and to come into your life, awesome. If it's something that you still want to talk about, we would, we would love to do that. And so when you, when you came in today, you got one of these cards, at least you should have gotten one. There's a QR code on there. And whether you do it right now or 10 minutes from now or tonight, we just want to encourage you to go to this website. Don't delay. And just fill out brief information and check the box that said following Jesus. And in the days to come, we want to catch up with you and and help you uh, to truly follow him. That's our heart's desire, to help you discover the truth, belonging, and purpose that only comes in Jesus. Christmas is such a beautiful time to remind us that God loved us so much that he gave his only son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish, that's a way of saying, would not fall into destruction, but would have eternal life. So we come to the moment that I know a lot of us love and look forward to, and that's to light our candles. And to prepare for that, I would ask that in both of our venues, our deacons and other servants get prepared, get to where you need to be to help distribute the light. But in a minute, when we light this candle, I hope that you will see it as a symbol of the light of Christ that is extinguishing the darkness, the darkness in our heart, the darkness in our world. Would you pray with me? And then we'll have this beautiful moment of reflecting on the light of Christ. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all that is ours in Christ, these incredible gifts of forgiveness, of family, of favor. And God, I thank you of how you changed Lynn's life. And Lord, my heart is that you would change someone else's life. If not lives, God, families, generations, Lord Jesus, would you do a mighty work right now as someone is crossing from darkness into light, experiencing the power of Jesus. God, move in a powerful way. Change them from the inside out, Lord. Help them know that it's not about being a good person. It's not about earning points with God. It's about receiving the grace that comes through Christ. And Lord, we're thankful that at Christmas you came to rescue us. You are the light. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.